Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got a great guest today, and I want to remind people that this show is brought to you by the Compassionate Friends and the Open to Hope Foundation. Heidi, you want to introduce our guest today because I know it is a topic near and dear to your heart, and I know that you are a good friend of our guest. I am, and we are going to talk today about sibling loss, and we're going to talk with Jordan Ferber, who has been on our television show, and I've known him for years. So if you want to go see our show with him, just go into Open to Hope, and you can look at that. And Jordan is a 14-year veteran of the New York comedy scene, as well as being a brief sibling. His brother, Russell, was killed in a car accident on July 6, 2002, at the age of 21. He has been seen on NBC's Last Comic Standing, NBC's The Restaurant, and is a regular on the Joey Reynolds Show on WOR. Jordan has been the facilitator of his sibling group at the Manhattan Chapter of Compassionate Friends for the past six years. So he runs the group here, right here in New York City, and he has written often for the sibling page of his chapter's newsletter. Jordan has conducted numerous workshops at the Compassionate Friends National Conferences, and he hosts the podcast called Where's the Grief? Welcome to the show, Jordan. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to have you on today, Jordan. I think it's I think it's kind of ironic that I uh, that I did your TV show and immediately you guys were like, let's try to do it without having to see him. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, always been told I have a face for radio. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I, I just think the people who are listening to this are going to be like, hmm, this is a comedian. He lost his brother. How does it go for you? I mean, how how was it for you after Russell died? And, and can you keep the comic comedian stuff up? And tell us a little bit about that. It was, first of all, I didn't really know what else to do with myself. I feel like it was one of those things. I just had to keep myself busy. And the fact that I had the opportunity to go out and and do comedy uh, was one of the things that saved me. Spending my time thinking about the type of stuff that would make me laugh and smile was a lot more helpful to me than, than wallowing. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, because a lot of times we hear that comedians have really had kind of tragic lives, a lot of them. And I don't think, uh, just knowing you, that you had quite that tragic a life. And I wondered, do you think you're a better comedian since Russell died? I mean, not that we benefit from the death of our loved ones, but is there something about stand-up and being out in front of people that is energizing to somebody who has had some loss? I don't know. You know, I don't know if there's a correlation between loss and and being a good stand-up. I think that there's definitely some internal turmoil that you grow up with that uh, that creates the need to go on stage and and be the center of attention like that. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to go to a therapist to find out where I, where <laughs> I, uh, my psyche got broken somewhere down the line before <laughs> Russell died. Well Jordan, well, Jordan, you're talking about a taboo topic, which is death. The death of a, a, anybody before their time. I mean, Russell was only 21. You're talking about a taboo topic, and you're doing it in a way that people can hear it. A, a sibling death. It's something that's not talked about enough. It's minimized. It's unacknowledged. And you're bringing it out in the forefront. And you know there's a lot of people in your audience that have experienced that kind of a loss. So you're telling them things in a way that they can hear it, and you're doing it through humor. Right. No, I think it's important to be able to talk about it so that you can give other people uh, the strength to be able to talk about it in some part of their life. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I started the podcast that I just started, Where's the Grief? I just feel like death is an inevitable part of life. We all have to deal with it, but nobody really wants to talk about it. But it is out there. We're all going to be dealing with loss at some point in our life. Yeah, death's kind of 100%er, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, 
I, I truly believe that when you have the opportunity to talk about it and people give you permission to feel whatever you want to feel about it in that moment that you're talking about it, it opens you up to be able to get past the sadness part of it, I think. And is that why you really chose important. the name Where's the Grief, Jordan, for your podcast? Oh, I, chose the name, I chose the name Where's the Grief because uh, I wanted to find a name for it that didn't sound depressing. It mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I, had, I came up with a lot of different names, you know, crying in the spotlight, uh, voices under the carpet, things like that. But to me, those kind of names were a bit more, too, a bit too depressing. I wanted to try to have it be something that was upbeat and sort of convey the idea that this is, this is, it's out there. We're all, there are people that are, that are hurting and that want to talk about it. And uh, we're going to shed some light on where the grief is. You know, there's a blog out there called Modern Loss with a couple of gals. You might want to connect up with them. It's pretty interesting to think about it, looking at modern loss, looking at the baby boomers, you know, looking at at, at death from from all angles instead of avoiding it. It's kind of interesting. Have you got yeah. a death joke you want to give us? A death joke? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I, I do have... I really only have one joke that I that I do in my act on a, a regular basis at the moment that is about my grief, um, telling audiences that I, I you know give them a little piece of free advice. I go to a support group for bereaved siblings. It is a great sentence you can use if you ever want to get out of a conversation. <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> should, should should be followed by you being alone with your thoughts again. <laughs> right. In my experience. Yeah, it's a it's a great showstopper for a lot of people. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a hard job. Jordan, I know that you joke. do so much in New York and in in the country with sibling loss. I wanted to ask you. I mean, you lost your only brother, Russell. You're now technically an only child. I wanted to know what is unique about sibling loss. Why is sibling loss different than other kinds of losses, and how how is it different? Well, well, I think it's different in, um, I don't think a lot of people that haven't lost a sibling don't really understand what we lose when we lose our sibling. It's, uh, it, it, it really is, was like losing a part of myself. And it's been, you know, 12 and a half years, and I'm, I'm still working at trying to figure out uh, who I am without him, in a sense. Did he laugh at your jokes growing oh, up? Oh, yeah, he was my biggest fan. <laughs> One of the workshops that I do at the national conference I did for the first time last year was a workshop called How's Your Mother? <laughs> I love that Basically, name. you know, I, I, I did that because the tendency for people to ask you about it, when you tell people that you lost your brother, they say, oh, my God, your parents must be devastated. How's your mother? Yeah, and and, it's like, and yeah. how is your mother, Jordan? My mother is doing pretty well, hanging in there. I feel pretty lucky that all three of us, me and my parents, the three of us have been pretty close and tight-knit, and I think... They started going to their TCF meetings a lot sooner than I did. That's compassionate friends. Correct. Right. I think they were made aware very early on that uh, surviving children can sometimes be left in the cold. So they went out of their way to make sure that they didn't dismiss what I was going through and that I had an opportunity to talk to them about what I was feeling and whatnot. Do you uh, do you talk about Russell and things that have happened, you know, before he died, funny things that happened in your in your stand up or no? Not really. I probably have a handful of little things in there, but it's very, very little of uh, uh, of him in my act. Mm-hmm. I find it to be very difficult to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I find that you know I only have this one joke that I really do about my grief at all. I find it very difficult to put any of that material into a perspective that will be uh, that that's appropriate for you know, a comedy club audience. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a 
a, a speech in front of a particular group that knows that you're going to be talking about those types of issues, very different than a group that's paid to come listen to, you know, <laughs> jokes they, about bodily parts. They want to be entertained, Jordan. They want to be entertained. They don't want to break out in tears. Right. <laughs> right? So, exactly. so, Jordan, you know, my mom and I talk a lot about the way males and females grieve and how it's different. I'm wondering, I mean, you're a guy. How has your grief been different, and how have you dealt with it differently than females? I, there's a, I think there's a difference only in the sense of the way that the culture teaches. I think that women are traditionally taught that it's okay for them to be open about their feelings and uh, and communicative in that way. And men traditionally are taught to hold it in and to not show weakness. I never thought that that I would ever go to compassionate friends either. Even when Russell died the first six months before I went, I was never going to be the type of person that sat in a circle and talked about my feelings with strangers. That's not, you know, anything that I was ever going to do. And I think that it's harder to get men to be open to doing that because of the way men are, just the way men are, are encouraged. socialized? To, to, to be. Yeah. That being said, and it doesn't surprise me because my mom and I hear this all the time, how did your parents or whoever, how did you end up going in the first place to a meeting? Yeah, how did they get you there? Because that's what parents are wanting to know. How do I get my kids right. there? That, that is the hardest part, is convincing somebody that there might be something helpful at that meeting. My parents went to their first PCF meeting three weeks after Russell died. Wow. Wow. I don't think I went until December. The first meeting I went to was, was actually with a holiday candlelighting ceremony. Uh, those and are great. That was what got me there, I think, was the notion that it wasn't going to be a regular meeting, that there wasn't going to necessarily be any forced sharing time. Mm-hmm. I think that's what got me there the first time. I didn't want to be open to it being helpful. For a while, I would tell my parents, I'm not, I don't feel like going to this meeting tonight. And they would say, okay. And then I would show up anyway because I didn't have anything <laughs> else going on. And what am I going to sit and think about this at home by myself? I might as well at least listen to some other people talk about it. Right. And you didn't uh, share it first? Not at all. No, it was probably a good six months of me going before I really opened up. I think it was just listen, sitting in those meetings and listening to other people talk about what they were going through and realizing that I felt some of the same things or that I've been going through similar uh, uh, things. It, it, it reminded me that I wasn't going crazy and that you know, it was, these were normal things that people were, were sharing in that. And also having a group of people that I could talk to about sort of the fringe element things that would make me laugh that I couldn't get anybody else to laugh at because they would get stuck on the death part. Their mind wouldn't make the jump to yeah. any hypothetical situation that I would try to get a laugh out of. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I'll i be going to a Compassionate Friends meeting tonight and uh, a group that we have in Redwood City, and we'll have some laughs, you know? And yeah. there's nobody else you can have those laughs with. Yeah. If you have the laughs with anybody else, you're afraid they'll be judging you and saying, how could you laugh your son died or how could you laugh your brother died? Yeah. You know, I mean, right. you, you laugh at people coming and their socks don't match or their shoes don't match. You know, they're early on in their grief. They forgot something, you know, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's that um, community kind of thing. We get it. Yeah, we get how dumb it is. And, you know, it's OK. Yeah. I think also I was telling somebody at one of the groups um, uh, last month that sometimes once you're down the road of grief, of, uh, you know, a fair amount, it can be a double-edged sword because you don't want to, at least I never felt like I wanted to try to use um, my grief as an excuse or as a, a reason to get sympathy from people. But it is a very strange thing. I, I told this guy, I said, it's sort of like telling people, I don't want you to treat me any differently because I'm going through this. But how dare you not give me special consideration when you know I'm going through this? <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. That is so true. <laughs> hey, now, I wanted to ask you, I know you're running a sibling loss group now, but was it okay for you to go the first time? Was there a sibling loss group? Because there's not always a group that's separate. Did that work for you? Well, I'm very lucky that the Manhattan chapter has had a separate sibling group running at the same time as the parents group since the beginning, since I've been going. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, very, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. It really boggles my mind that most of the chapters, the PCF chapters around the country, do not have a consistent sibling group. And it, it can be, it's hard to get the ball rolling on a group like that. In a lot of cases, Parents may have a hard time bringing their surviving kids to a group like that because, in their minds, this group is the thing that their parents do. You know, that's their thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's it's a resistance to want to be doing anything that the parents are going to do just based on a regular child-parent relationship. Right. Well, let's pitch the uh, national conference, which is going to be in Dallas, Texas, July 10th and 11th. I would really recommend that people come and that they try to get the kids to come because it's fabulous, and Jordan will be there. Jordan, pitch it a little bit to the parents. How are they going to get their kids there, and what's going to be there for them? Well, uh, there's there's a ton of stuff for everybody. I, the, the most important part of the conference for me is just the socialization of it all. You know, being around so many people that are going through, you know, the same stuff together, there's... It, for me, it was the first time that I really felt like a normal person because I was able to navigate all of my feelings and what I was going through and my desire to just be around and be social and be happy with a group of people that allowed me to do all of those things. How do you talk about the Facebook page and how, you know, that people can connect up after? Well, Jordan's not very involved in the Facebook page. It's called Sounds of the Siblings, the Compassionate Friends, and it's a, it's a Facebook page just for siblings, and nobody else is allowed to be on it but the siblings, and people go on and support each other as they do on Facebook, et cetera. And, and Jordan's also got a new podcast, which we we'll want to make sure we get in here, and we've talked about it a little bit. It's called Where's the Grief? He has a Twitter account, which I'm on right now. I love his picture. And is that you and Russell at the top of your Twitter account? It is. It is, right? I love that yep. picture of you guys. And so how do you can go to follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at Where's the Grief on Twitter. You can uh, find the podcast on iTunes. And you can go to Where'sthegrief.com, and that should take you directly to the page that has the archived uh, episode. Absolutely. That is so great. And, again, he's going to be there in Dallas. Heidi and I will be there on July 10th and 11th. And there's a lot of stuff to do in the Dallas area. And that's one way you can get the kids. Compassionate Friends will be letting you know things that are there, and they've tried to make it as reasonable as possible. Hotel rooms are like only $130 a night. We hope that you will come to this conference because it's going to be amazing. The conference is always so great, but I look forward to seeing you guys there as well. Oh, yeah, it should be lots of fun. Well, thanks for being on the show, and thanks for being on the TV show. And I hope people will go to our site, opentohope.com, and watch the TV show you did with us. It was great. I had a blast on that Thank as well. you. Thank you so much for thank everything you, you do for the Hope, and thank you so much for everything you do for the siblings. You rock, Jordan. <laughs> I don't have much of a choice, do I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, have a good one. Well, Heidi, he's an amazing. So much energy, so much fun. I look forward to seeing him at the National Conference, and I can't wait to get on his uh, site that he's got now. I know you saw it this morning, but I haven't seen it. You know what, Mom? Sometimes the conference can get intense, and you need a break from that energy. And I'll go up to Jordan, and I'll say, make me laugh, and he can. People <laughs> tell me something really funny all of a sudden, and I'm like, thank you, Jordan, because we need those breaks from our grief. Absolutely. So if you need a break from your grief, track Jordan down at the conference. <laughs> you can uh, learn more about the conference by going to the CompassionateFriends.org website. So thank you for listening to our show today. And as always, Heidi, and I want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own, and God bless